Happy Monday, everybody. It is it Monday before Christmas 2022. Okay, hope you're getting your Christmas shopping done. My name's Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. And happy Hanukkah to everybody, too. Okay, what, what, what a fun time of year, and I hope you're having a good time with it. We're going to have a good time today. We've got Dr. Charlie Kemp. That's a female Charlie. Okay, Charlie, actually, but she likes Charlie. Charlie Kemp, okay, is uh, the executive director of Change the Tune. And that's a Change the Tune. Dot org, and that's a wonderful nonprofit organization. She's the CEO, Dr. Kemp. They're working to close the opportunity gap for kids in underserved communities. Okay, we, we, as you know, we're the American Consortium for Equity and Education. This has to be happening. It's it's enough already. And they combine holistic, radical, and transformational learning experiences to make that happen. I, with those, Charlie will tell us all about it, but work with school districts, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. That's ace-ed.org, ace-ed.org. And everything we do is over there. This podcast will be archived over there. All right, uh, our magazine, Equity and Access, our online journal, SEL Today, Teacher Retention, all the stuff. It's a good website to so go over, check out, click through on the cover of the magazine. I think I mentioned my name's Larry Jacobs. I hope I did. I'm not sure, but you can see it up there, all right? So uh, we're going to have a wonderful show. Check out ace-ed.org. Okay, everything we do is there, except for Charlie, who is somewhere. She's got a 213 area code. Are you, where are you today, Charlie? It's Larry here. Hi, Larry. I'm from Los Hi. Angeles. That's the Los Angeles area code that I'm actually in uh, New York City today. New York. How's life in New York today? It's pretty cold. I haven't gone outside because I just got here from <laughs> L.A. and I'm headed to Ghana tonight. So I'm just stopping through visiting some family here. Oh, what fun. Are, do you have relatives in Ghana or is it just a vacation? What fun. Uh, it'll be a little bit of everything. I have a good friend who's getting married, so I'm going for a oh. wedding. Wonderful. That's that's just super. I, by a total coincidence, my good friend here in town, where I live in southwestern Maine, his whole family came in from Kenya yesterday, okay, where they oh, live. So, uh, yeah, so I've got an African connection going this week, okay? It's really uh Really kind of fun, to tell you the truth. And interesting as heck, Charlie, I'm glad we are able to do the show today. And um, you have your Harvard Ph.D., okay, which I think is really cool. Is that, what's that in? Is that education? What's it in? So it's an, it's an EDLD, which is an Education Leadership Doctorate. Um, I just actually was in Kenya earlier this year. I did my residency with Southern New Hampshire University, and I created an innovation creation studio, which was – it was slash it was virtual slash hybrid learning program for refugees to learn entrepreneurship and kind of social enterprise skills. Wow. Um, so I was actually in Kenya in April doing some workshops along with complementing our virtual work. Well, Charlie, you're not only going to Ghana, you're also going to heaven. I'll tell you, you work hard. This is fabulous. Okay, I mean, really, it's just wonderful what you do, and you do have a safe flight tonight. Uh, you know, you have your Harvard PhD. Give us a little bit of your history, because you're the CEO. You founded this organization. What's your history? Sure, sure. So, um, 
I like to say I've been all over the education ecosystem. I grew up born and raised in Los Angeles, California. I started in private school as a young kid, and then my parents couldn't afford it, so I moved to public school, including magnet schools. Went away to Spelman College, where I double majored in economics and political science, um, historically black college and one of the top colleges in the country. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, State Abrams attended there. Um, thought I wanted to go to law school, but ended up taking a year off and then ended up doing Teach for America in New York City, which is my New York connection. So I taught three yep. years middle school math in the South Bronx and two years middle school math and science in East Harlem. And I tell people during those five years, I never laughed nor cried more. Um, it's kind of where I actually started Change the Tune in my, I think, where I, at least I can recognize gaining some of the skills and learning from my students because I used to walk around saying I just want to do after school. And so I left teaching. I wanted a JD MBA. I decided law, that's a whole other system we won't get into in terms of inequities, but I was like, no, nah, I won't do that. So well, yeah. Let me go to yeah. business school. Uh, one of the things I did as a teacher is I would always start the school store with the students, and they would design what we would sell, trying to focus on healthy snacks, and then we would take our profits and go on field trips and buy needs for the things we needed in the school. And so I decided to go to business school to figure out how to do more business with kids and how to teach kids the skills mm-hmm. they needed. Sure. Went, got a full ride back to USC at University of Southern California, Marshall School of Business, um, and I went to business school and got lost for a little bit. I, You know, one of the things I've learned about our education system is that we don't expose kids enough to careers in the learning process. So when I got to business school, I was like, I didn't know all these careers existed. I'm 28 years mm-hmm. old and, like, yeah. there's so much to do. And, like, I thought I had a plan. And so um, I interned at Mattel in finance. And then um, during my, my summer, I decided I had an experience that let me know that I didn't need to work in a corporation. I needed to actually, like, create and create change the tune. And so finished yeah, business yeah. school. Um, but I tell people business school teaches you all the reasons not to start your own business if you're risk-averse. So I went to go work for Green Dot Public Schools, uh, first as an operations finance manager, and then as the leadership and life coordinator starting our social-emotional learning framework, leading that work and designing that for more than 10,000 youth. Um, Green Dot Public Schools, if you're not familiar, is a really large charter based in Los Angeles. I was going um, to ask you. Large... I was not familiar, so I was going to ask you. Thank you. Go ahead. Continue. They're, really, they're a really large charter. They serve kids 6th through 12th grade. Um, they're predominantly in South Los Angeles um, and East Los Angeles, I would say. They do have, they used to have locations in Tennessee and Seattle. Um, I don't know if they had, they had to close some of them. Um, but, you know, while working at Green Dot, what I realized was, you know, charters say that they're supposed to be different, but they aren't really. Like, we would constantly look to LAUSD to guide us, to inform us of what we're supposed to do. And so, for me, the education system is like Animal Farm, if you've ever read Animal Farm. Oh, yeah. Um, and so while I greened out, I had the opportunity to create this radical, amazing summer camp entrepreneurially. Um, I called the first summer camp Summer Institute for Business and Leadership, and I took 40 black and brown girls, brought them to USC. They created social justice oh. business plans. They did mindfulness, wellness. Wow. Um, it was what school should look like. And I came back to the Oregon. I was like, we need to, this, this is it right here. And they were like, yeah. And so <laughs> that's when I knew that, like, 
I wasn't like I wasn't meant to be in someone's space. I was meant to be creating the things, and yeah, so I had yeah, the you're that kind of person. To, yep. Yeah, so I had the opportunity to apply to Harvard. Three different people told me about the program. Um, it's a three-year program: two years coursework, one year residency, education, leadership, doctorate, EDLD, and it was an amazing journey. It happened all through the pandemic. I got there. I was in school for eight months, and then the pandemic shut the world down. And so I yeah. actually got to do a lot of school from Jamaica. Um, and work on growing yeah. Change the Tune. So I can get more into Change the Tune, but I've been talking a lot, so you can tell me. Like, yeah, that's fine. I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear what it's, it's a It's a great journey. It's so interesting. You're such a you're such an interesting person, i got to tell you. All right? And, and you know, you're right. I love the the animal form analogy. You know, they say, it's just, uh, you know, what can I tell you? You could hold Napoleon and Snowball. What can I say? And we got to – we. We have to fight the bureaucracy is all I can say on, on that sort of thing. And, you know, it's interesting what you said originally. You said how we got to expose more kids, and especially kids of color, okay, because they don't see it as much as suburban white kids might see it, okay? Uh, and also I might add rural kids as well. we got to expose them to more careers, Okay, and that's that. That to me is an extremely important statement. I just got to say that, Charlie, and I, I, I we're on the same page there. Okay, because we yeah, I, I talk to a lot of companies on this podcast, and they really want more diversity. They realize that they need a workforce, and that workforce has to come not just from white people; it has to come from everybody. Okay, and they're trying so hard. Okay, especially in STEM, but it goes way beyond STEM. They're trying so hard to get kids of color, a black, brown, whatever, interested, okay, in these careers, and we have to expose them to it. And that's why I think what you do is so important. So now that we, now that we know who you are, what has changed the tune? Talk about that, okay, and and how does it work? And we're talking to a lot of teachers today, a lot of superintendents. What do they need to know about what you do? That nationwide, yeah. I might add. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you the headliner, and then I need to break it down, and I, I start with the challenge. So the headliner is we create radical, transformational, holistic after-school and summer programs. So not your everyday Boys and Girls Club, YMCA. No, not to them, but we are really intentional about designing what goes on in after-school programming, and then we teach others how to create those programs, and also in the school day, like how to do the revolutionary liberatory learning space. Like what does it look like to truly create high-quality learning experiences that creates opportunity and access? And one of the things, so that's like full stop what we do. I'll talk about the challenge of the system as I see it and like how that informs what it actually looks like. And so just like a little, just to give it a little color, our kids garden in our after school program and then they take some of those, some of their produce and actually cook with their produce. <laughs> we try to integrate the academic Great. as a part of um, I mentioned in our summer program, there's mindfulness and wellness, but it's an after school. We keep a yoga teacher. We partner with yoga teachers. We partner with wellness practitioners. I can go on and on, but, like, they kids work on building their own social justice business plans, including we really focus a lot on the sustainable development goals, if you're familiar with those. Are you familiar <laughs> yeah, with those? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, so feel free to talk goals. about them if you wish. Go ahead. Sure. I know what sustainable development is, but you maybe you have it more specific than what I know, so please go into detail. Sure. The United Nations, some years back, came partnered with 
like 190 company, country, excuse me, and they said, what are the biggest issues we have in our world? And they've narrowed them down to 17. And so they include zero poverty, zero hunger, reduced inequalities. Um, they address climate change, land on water, land in water, life on land. Um, they're like the most, like if we worked, if, if you imagined every child when they were doing project-based learning in a school and just learning about things focused on these goals and everyone, like our world would be in a, 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 an entirely better place. And so that's, it sure part would. Of, that's part of what we do when we're designing our learning experiences is how do we create transformational leaders of communities. We want to create the agents of change who you mentioned STEM earlier, like that's part of our work. Like who are the children that are going to truly create the next it could be anything from a Microsoft to whoever created the first COVID, COVID vaccine. Like, we want to create opportunities for our kids. So let me rewind so that you can understand the brokenness of the opportunity gap and why and how we're targeting things. Go ahead. Most people realize kids spend 80% of their waking hours outside of school, 8 zero. Mm-hmm. That's like most of their time. The yeah. upper income. <laughs> About 80% of it. Yeah, you're right. Go. Yeah. Right. But we focus on, we'll get to it. Most of the upper income, the upper income spend nine times the amount of the low income on outside of school activities. Nine. So when you do the math with this, that basically means that upper income children get about 6,000 more hours of learning time. Before yeah. the sixth grade, over lower income children, there's about 1,500 <sighs> hours a school year. So that's the equivalent of four school years. Simply put, I know for those of you who are not math, what does it mean? A lot of us say we need better schools, but it's beyond better schools because you could make every school perfect, eight to three, September to June, put all the teacher retention strategies, SEL in, all that good stuff in, and you wouldn't touch this gap. And so why I talk about this is because we have to widen our aperture widen our lenses to understand that learning doesn't just occur in a time or a place like a school building. It has mm-hmm. to occur everywhere, and we have to create opportunities in all the places all the time. And so that's building partnerships with families to create learning experiences. That's creating after-school programs. That's creating summer programs. When you look at the 6,000 hours, about 3,000 of those hours are in after-school. And there are a lot of after-school programs that are great, because they create a safe space, so to speak, for children, but they don't actually, like, it's just playtime, or there might be some homework help. But their counterparts may be going to take horseback riding lessons or music lessons or, you know, entrepreneurship lessons. Or And so when we're thinking about after school and summer learning, we have to be truly, truly intentional about how we are maximizing that time with our youth and giving them opportunities. The other piece, Betsy, if you have any questions or thoughts on that before I keep going. No, Joe, you go ahead. I got a lot of questions, but just continue. Run a roll. Do it. The other piece that's broken in our system, and we have some visuals on our site you can check out um, at Mm www.changetune.org, is our system is very centered on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and that's actually a mistake um, for a couple of reasons. One, Maslow's prioritizes self-actualization. 
And I'll get to why that's problematic, but it's not just about the I, it's about the we. The other piece is when we think about Maslow's and it's a hierarchy of needs, the first piece is like is physical, like your physical needs. One in four children come to school hungry. Then we can talk about yes, safety. There's bullying in school. There is just even getting to the school, and then there's the violence. Imagine the schools that we have that have metal detectors. How safe could you ever feel walking into a building with a metal Like, when I go to the airport, it doesn't evoke safety that I'm going through the metal detector. I'm sorry. Like, it, it, <laughs> it heightens the blood pressure, actually. Um, and then on top of that, when we talk about our teaching force, our teaching force is highly Eurocentric and doesn't reflect oh. our actual population. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And so when we're talking about love and belonging and esteem, like all of the layers of Maslow's, and then we expect kids to just self-actualize, just come in, read the book, and, like, then you can go to get your your doctor. It doesn't work that way. The other piece I'll say is Mas- Maslow's, spent six weeks with the Blackfoot Nation who had a TP. Self-actualization is at the bottom. It's about community actualization above that and cultural perpetuity, bringing you back to those sustainable development goals. How are we creating a collective of children, of youth, of generations that aren't only focused on themselves but are focused on the greater global community, our collectives? And, like, that's part of why we are where we are with our environment and our world is because we've been focused on individualisticness and our individual needs instead of the collective cultural perpetuity. And so really refocusing and creating learning experiences that that bring the community together collectively to work collectively together, we are each other's brothers and sisters, and we have to be each other's keepers. Um, And then there's another model we use that influences our work. It's the medicine wheel holistic model where it's not a hierarchy of needs. We need all of our needs to be met at the same time. So it's not like first you get fed, then you become safe, then you, no, no, no. You need all of these things (laughs) in place to be able to create that holistic environment. And so when we're creating, exactly. These feel like very basic things that we don't actually do. And Sean, my question, and this is, and because I, I like what you're saying, and I, you know, it's, I've always said, you know, school as we know it was invented long before there was any idea of diversity, long there were, before there was any idea that some people uh, are more economically privileged than others. It was created for a world where everybody, all the white people, went to General Electric and retired 50 years later. Okay, and it was a long, long time ago. Okay. And it needs change. And I, I believe me, we need to change the tune, okay? I, I agree with you, okay? But how do you – if we just do it as an after-school program, okay, how do you want the schools involved? Because as you say, okay, the schools, in, in your opinion, you know, it's a bureaucracy. It's a system that's there for a long, long time. And they, there's, they have state standards. You go to the whole story, okay? And I agree with you. We need change. Okay, but how do you how do you incorporate schools into that? And, and I'm going to remind you that's who we're talking to today. We're talking to teachers. We're talking to school districts. We're talking to superintendents. How do they work with you to make these changes possible? And I do believe these changes are necessary. Okay, but how do we do it? Go these ahead, are Joe. great questions. Well, uh, Thank you. I, you know, part of the the mission and and, and the point that I, I am making is in one of the 
So one of my favorite quotes, i got to say, anybody who's listening out there knows this, every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. Um, I don't know <laughs> if you've read Pedagogy of the Oppressed, but our education no. is getting the results it gets. I said no, I have not read that. Go ahead. I'm going to get you it. I'm gonna, I'll send it to you. I'll follow up after this. Well, but it, it talks about our banking system of education. And so for me, it's not just about after school or summer. It's about what's going on in the school day. It's about us being able to partner together. So our programs, we have after school programs that actually are on school sites. And we work with teachers mm, to actually okay. help them understand what is, like, after school is a space to explore and to try out things. You don't have the standards in the state standards. So no one's coming in after school being like, you didn't do, you know, <laughs> common standard 2.3, section 4. And you can actually, like, for example, ratios and proportions are part of the middle school mathematics standards. You could do cooking projects in after school. You have more time and space to do labs, to do experiences that can complement what you're doing in the school day in a much more organic, joyful way. I think also if you interweave the two and not make them separate, then you can even enhance and elevate your level of joy and experience and engagement in the school day because you understand that school doesn't stop at 3 p.m. or it doesn't stop in June. You have these other learning opportunities. I wish. I, I wish so. So wait, sure. So who does it after school? Okay, let's say that somebody again. It's changethetune.org, and Charlie has email. Even in Ghana, yes, they have email. Okay, so changethetune.org. All right, a, a school district is interested in this. Now, how do they do this? Who does this? What's the mechanics of it? That's a great question. So I have great, a team pal. that comes. <laughs> we have a team that comes in. We would ask for you to find at least one to two leaders in your school that are willing to lead this. We would help you do a community. First of all, we would be talking to the community, so we need to do a community landscape analysis so we would be able to say, hey, these are the ways in which you want to construct your program. And then we would be partnering. We believe that it's important to bring in local artists, local wellness instructors, local leaders, and so we would help you design and construct it. And so we're really, really involved, including up to being there um, on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. It depends on where you are. If you're in L.A., we can be there daily. If you're in a further other place, then it would like to be on a weekly basis. But we, set, we have training, and then once we have the training, we literally coach you through what it looks like to design and build a successful program or set of programs because we also work with districts. Um, you know, right now you mentioned schools and school district leaders. There's $122 billion that has not yeah. been spent with our American Recovery Act and ESSER funds. This is the amazing? time to invest in the innovative space to create more programming, to partner with it. Like Change the Tune, we can show you how, what does it look like to build out your own program? Who are the people that can lead it? What does the programming look like with students? The goal also is to really tap into your local collegiate ecosystem. You can use mentoring programs with your high school students to help with it. Mm -hmm. um, and so the way that we do it, it's not like cookie cutter, here's the McDonald's program, you just do one, two, three, four. We really believe in co-constructing with the community and building out the program well, that they need. 
it, it, it should, without question, re- reflect the community that it's in, and I, you obviously know that, okay? And that's that's actually what's going to happen, okay, when school districts get involved. Is there a charge? Do you guys charge a school district to do this, or, or does it come free? And, and you, you, work, you work with money that's coming in from donations and funds, et cetera. How's it work? So we're new. We were founded in 2017. I was working until 2019. I've been in school until – just actually this May when I finished my doctorate. So we're new. Yay, um, Dr. Kemp. Yes. We run between. Cool. It's cool. Philo- yes, it's very cool. We run between philanthropy and we do charge schools. Um, but the goal also is to teach schools how to partner with, you mentioned there's lots of local businesses. I would oh, yeah. shout out businesses that are listening and saying, you want to actually change the landscape. You want to create more diversity in your workplace, then invest in a long-term way programs. You could build out, if you're a STEM organization, an after-school program that becomes a pipeline and creates learning experiences Great alongside point. a school. And so yeah, we yeah, that's you got you got to actually you got to actually get a lot of the big corporations involved in this because this is a good idea. And I'll tell you what we said at the beginning of the show: you, they need a workforce, and they know it. Okay, and, and and they also want diversity. They need that too. Okay, but they need a workforce, and a lot of companies would jump on this. Big companies, like I said it before, like a company like General Electric or General Motors, they love this kind of stuff. Right, you got to talk to them. They, exactly, they really want to get involved with schools. Okay, and 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 kind of do what you're thinking of doing. Okay, what you do, not what you're thinking of doing. Do what help to create what you're thinking of. It's really good. What grades is this working? Do you work with K twelve? We work. We predominantly work fifth through twelfth grade. So we start on the upper end. We are looking to eventually go a little bit lower, but right now Mm -hmm. we're doing fifth fifth through twelfth grade. So yes, K through twelve, but predominantly fifth through twelfth. Ages ten to eighteen is who we target. That's great, and. You've been doing this since 2017, and I know the pandemic hit. Okay, so we have to everybody take that into consideration. Are you working like with LAUSD? Let's just start there. Yeah, Who are you so working we're actually with? Actually, inside we're inside two schools in LAUSD. Nice. Um, we're doing some work with Oakland. We're doing some work with some rural oh. down in San Diego. Um, I'm actually in a consortium. Um, it's a program. It's led by FHI. 360, and it's funded by the Wallace Foundation, and it's called the District Summer Learning Network. And so I have the opportunity through this um, program to actually coach several different school districts across the country nice. along nice. the summer program. And so that's and one are you, of the ways. And are you working work. mostly? And this is a key question because I said at the beginning, we, we, we think of this, and we think a lot of it in terms of urban because we always talk about kids of color. And believe me, I understand that. But I, I live in rural Maine, okay? And these kids have – most of these kids around here have no idea. It's very rare, okay, that I find the kids that really want to expand their horizons beyond the, beyond the forests here in Maine, okay? It's, it's interesting, okay? So are you predominantly interested – or maybe I should ask you, do you see it as working for all kids? I, I think it, it certainly should, or, or just for – really heavily urban districts, which has a great purpose no, no, no. there as well. Go ahead, Troy. We, we definitely see it for all kids. As I mentioned, I did yeah. my residence 
across Africa and working with refugees, which were adults. Our model is actually, and we use the model that I use with kids there because it's a universal model. And so in doing my consulting, I've gotten to see what the rural spaces have looked like, especially down in San Diego. Most people don't know, like, San Diego is ginormous, the county, and, like, there's a ton of rural spaces down there that need support, that need programming, that need partnerships. And so for me, it's about creating access for all kids. Um, and so, you know, we do the it work is. It's where, important. where we're called. Right. So we got to change we, the tune we, for everybody as far as I'm concerned. Okay. It, and, it, and, and it's a changing world. It's, I have to say it this way. And public school, and I know people do their best, public school is a bureaucracy. Okay. It's set up the standards set by the state. It's a bureaucracy. The world is changing. All right. And we have to move with that change and that's what your program change the tune.org is trying to do and especially trying to catch up with kids who are under resourced okay and then really get stuff cranking here it's just it's just it's just about time i gotta tell you charlie as we wind down here i have to ask you something i just thought of it you're going to ghana you're going to a wedding right yes okay they're going to jump the broom I don't know if that's a tradition in Ghana. I know that that's an African American tradition. I'm not sure. Oh, if it's a tradition. I thought it was African. I thought it was African. It may be. I don't know. I don't know. I can't You're going to have to ask your friend. I will. I told her she has to find me a husband too. So I certainly will be. <laughs> I don't think you're going to have a problem with that, Charlie. I don't think. You <laughs> I don't think you're going to have a problem at all with that, boy. You 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 you're just making stuff happen here. I got to tell you. All right, we got to go, but this is just great. I want to tell everybody, it's changethetune.org, and Charlie's just doing wonders out there. We need more people like it, Charlie. I'm so glad. I'm so glad down in Boston, Cambridge, Harvard did you so well. I think it's great. What a, what a, what a thing you have done here. You created some great stuff. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you so much for having me on today. I appreciate the opportunity. My pleasure. I'm going to send you the link to the show, and you fly safe and have a great Ghana Christmas. Okay? All right. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, everybody. Was she something? Wow. What a powerhouse. All right. That, I love people like that. That's Dr. Charlie Kemp, and that's obviously a female Charlie. Her original name is Charlie. Okay? All right. And she's the executive director of changethetune.org. Please check it out. Okay, it's good stuff, and tell people about it. All right, they're working hard. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. My name's Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. We got shows all week today, this week, before Christmas. So thank you very much. <laughs>